I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so, so excited to see and chat with my friend Joe Polish, who is the entrepreneur and author of the most incredible book that is just now coming out. It is his sixth book, right, Joe? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's now my sixth book, but my first mainstream published book in a big way. There you go. So it's called What's In It For Them? And it just absolutely incredible. So everybody needs to get a copy of that. We'll have that, of course, in the show notes. But If you have not heard of Joe Polish, it's probably because you aren't a marketer. You don't think you're a marketer, I should say. Joe's one of the most sought after and experienced marketing people out there. And as a marketing extraordinaire, you're probably imagining some click funnel stuff. Nope. That's not it at all. Joe is just no-nonsense thinking, and all of his books are absolutely fabulous. As I mentioned to Joe just now, they are books that I keep on my shelf. I do not give them to people. I'm like, no, you have to go buy it uh, because I want to go back and, and look at his books for sure. But like I said, he's helped literally hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs and created millions and millions of dollars for so many people. So he's also been extremely open about his own challenges with addiction and is doing all kinds of great stuff that I'm sure he'll get into around that too. And one of his greatest strengths is connecting people and teaching others how to effectively market and sell and his experience, which hopefully he'll chat about where he had started as a carpet cleaning business. And now he is doing so many good things that I'm not even going to do it justice by trying to explain it. So I'm going to leave it to him. But like I said, his book, What's in it for them is super, super great. I'm certain that this podcast is going to be filled with all sorts of wisdom. So welcome, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. And I certainly hope so. Thank you, Kara. And yeah, I mean, I just got done um, with finishing a book that I spent two years on. Um, But, you know, people often write stories to me about all the different things I say, different things that I do. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? And ultimately, uh, one of the best ways to learn and get better at something that you want to do is to teach it to other people. So uh, I wrote this book for other people, but I also wrote the book for myself. And I wanted to uh, help um, the givers of the world protect themselves from the takers because there's a lot of takers in the world and there's a lot of uh, narcissists and the planet right now has gone through some major uh, global trauma over the last couple of years and people when they're in pain uh, they need connection when they um, are disconnected they do drugs they are angry they're hurtful and they damage other people and they damage themselves and so part of this is a book on capabilities, tactics, strategies, methods. I can certainly share some of those that people can do in order to meet people, connect with people, 
make money, do better marketing and all that. But ultimately, it is a capability book that is designed to help people build uh, stronger characters. Uh, however, someone has to have a foundational basis of empathy. They have to really genuinely care about other people. And if they don't already have that, they won't like me and they won't like the book because I call out <laughs> behaviors and I call out what I think are um, just manipulative bullshit ways to treat people. You know, in the marketing world, there's, I've met, I've met some incredible markers. Some of the greatest markers in the world are personal friends of mine. Uh, a lot of them are part of my genius network group, which is one of the highest level marketing groups in the world. Um, and a lot of the people in the marketing world are scumbags. They are manipulative. Uh, you know, I say to people all the time that hype used ethically is massive, massive enthusiasm for what you're selling. Hype used unethically is lying, misleading. Uh, is it okay to cuss on here? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, bull, you know, bullshitting, exaggerate. I won't use too much profanity, but just, you know, just basically um, stealing, plagiarizing, that sort of stuff. So I'm a, I very much respect other people's ideas, other people's IP. There's a lot of disrespect in the world. Uh, I, I'm very much remember who brought you to the dance party sort of person. Uh, I'm a very big believer in dominoes. Like I end every chapter of what's in it for them with the dominoes, the, the, the core ideas, the principles, the foundational things that will make the biggest difference because you know, Kara is, uh, you know, doing what you do, building what you've built, uh, writing undaunted, that there are books that can be dominoes for you. They can change the trajectory of your life. They can change how you see, see things, think about things. And there's events in life that are dominoes. There's people that are dominoes, but dominoes can be really good, valuable dominoes, or they can be very negative ones. And so the, the negative dominoes for me were, you know, abandonment and, you know, physical and sexual abuse as a kid that ended up becoming what caused me to go into addiction to try to hide and medicate the pain. And so, you know, some. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises 
so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Much of what I think about is look for the pain, uh, be the type of person that can be a solution to other people's pain and focus on asking the question, what's in it for them, not what's in it for you. Because if you really want to get the most out of life, the way to do that is to not focus on what you want, but to focus on what the other person wants, help them get that. And therefore, you'll probably get everything that you and more than you could ever imagine if you develop and master that with the caveat being 
Zig Ziglar had this very famous line, you can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. But my, my friend Martin Howey pointed out to me many years ago, that's not actually true all the time and many of the times because you can help other people get what they want that will not do a damn thing for you and some of them will abuse you and take advantage of you as a result of it. So you got to be, uh, you got to develop your spidey senses. And so uh, what's in it for them is partially getting people directed at how to approach relationships to develop relationships with people for business, for profit, for love relationships. I even have, I even have a chapter on how to use marketing to find true love. Uh, not a chapter, but it's within a chapter, a whole section on how to use marketing to find true love, which, uh, you know, we, we have a great process for that, that a, an amazing love coach uh, taught me. And so we, we go through that whole process with her in there and even have bonus interviews if people have the book that they can listen to it. But the, the, the bigger thing is, is it's winning the right friends and influencing the right people because you can win friends and influence people, but you don't want to win the wrong friends and influence the wrong people because... If you share great value with people don't, that don't care about it, they can actually use it as a knife and stab you in the back. And that's a really hard thing to accept in life when people go through challenges. Uh, and I don't want the givers of the world to become discouraged when the takers take advantage of them. I just want them to be better boundaried um, givers. And I want them to take all of the crap that has happened in their life and transform uh, pain into profits transform adversity into being a better, more caring, more loving human being. And to, you know, have all of us give ourselves some slack because even when I'm thinking from a higher place, you know, some of the most devious people, the biggest scoundrels to whatever degree I can give them a little bit of, of empathy, which I do my best for. I actually give them a lot of empathy. I realize that these people that are hurting other people probably went through their own journeys and their totally. own crap and their own, atmosphere conditions their life created them to be assholes to other people and uh, so I want people to you know feel proud of the value they put into the world help people be put more value out into the world to be I hope we can create givers out of this I hope we can let people see the way to win in life is not just making a lot of money and having high status the way to win is to go to bed every night feeling really good about who you are as a human because you're putting more, you're producing more than you consume. You're putting out value into the world. And at the end of this life, whatever that is, you encouraged people, you cared about people, you love people, you took it. And, and if you live that way, why not make a lot of money? Yeah. Why not do really well? well you know, that, that's how you actually earn it. It's not because people that don't earn it, they're karmically extracting and taking, they're not creating. And so this is a book for creators, not for takers. So much wisdom in what you said. We could end the show right here and everybody should absolutely pick up a copy. You're going to see a lot more, but just to give people some framework on who you are in addition to everything that you've done around marketing and helping people and being such a giver, like, how did you get here? So you didn't have a very calm childhood. You touched on this slightly, but Give people some framework of sort of, you know, what Joe was growing up with and, and what you faced and people taking from you. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, because there, there's a book written years ago called The Culture Code, and uh, it's codes for what different things mean and things that people say. It was it was written by a guy who was a, you know, he, he did a lot of branding for big, you know, Fortune 500 companies to come and figure out messaging and stuff. 
And uh, who you are, what you do, uh, like, what do you do when someone says that in America, what that means in America, the code for what do you do is who you are. So we live in a country in America, you know, for those of us that are in America listening or watching this, uh, we, our identity is what we do for a living in, in so many ways. And so, you know, where I came from and what I do is kind of interesting. It depends on, uh, I sort of analyze, uh, thinking about those questions, you know, who is, who am I and where did I come from? Uh, you know, some days I'm a scared, frightened, insecure, low self-esteem, <laughs> questioning, uh, human. Other times I'm confident and I feel really good and I feel real connected and I really strived uh, today to be more connected. And I'm doing better. I'll be 55 years old uh, next year. And uh, this is truly the, the best time of my life because so much of my life, even though I became a millionaire before the age of 30, uh, was just r riddled with anxiety and addictions and pain and angst. And man, if I worked so hard to unlearn the, uh, some of the programming that can't, you know, I think unlearning is more important than learning. So anyway, to take where I started, my mother uh, was a former nun. Uh, her name was Virginia. Uh, she wrote some of the very first books teaching children how to read using the phonetic method. This is totally present in my mind right now because about two hours ago, uh, my IP attorney uh, came over my house to pick up some of my mom's books to have them scanned because we recently got the rights of the books back that she had written. Uh, she died in 1972 uh, when I was four years old. And uh, she was a former nun. So the question is, oh yeah, what the heck are you talking about? Because I've heard all the jokes. Uh, my mother left the convent because she had gotten ill. She met my father in church. Uh, they fell in love. They ended up getting married. Uh, she had me and another um, older brother that I have. And she died of ovarian cancer when I was four years old. I only have a couple of memories of my mother. Uh, I write about those in the book just for just to give some perspective. Uh, and then my father was tormented. He never could recover from that. And every year, every two years, my entire childhood, we would move to another town. And I was a super shy, introverted, scared, skinny kid that would always get picked on and bullied. I wasn't good at sports. Uh, I had a lot of stress, but I learned how to smile. And I learned if I smiled, people would treat me better and I wouldn't get beat up as much and I wouldn't get picked on and my father wouldn't get as angry. So in the beginning, it was a survival mechanism. Uh, as I got a little bit older, uh, between the ages of 8 to 10, I had uh, quite a bit of sexual abuse, uh, some in the Catholic Church, others with male figures in life. I was raped and molested as a kid. I was paid money not to say anything about it. Uh, I felt like a, just uh, a worthless human. And so when that, when, when one experiences uh, sexual abuse or different forms of, forms of abuse, it could really just uh, create an identity, a, a level of shame that is pretty intense. And I've done a ton of work on it. So, you know, and, and I say everything I'm saying here, I also want to preface this, uh, Kara, with, a, you know, I'm, I'm really happy in some ways that uh, trauma is being so discussed uh openly now, you know, like Gabor Mate, who is a dear friend of mine, I'm actually bringing him to my Genius Network event in a couple of weeks, you know, the second time I've brought, you know, one of the top trauma guys in the world uh, into an entrepreneurial conference. Uh, and it's important that people deal with their traumas, because if they don't, you're as sick as your secrets and silent battles are the hardest battles to fight. And if you don't have a way to, it's not the stuff that happens to you. 
It's what you do about what happens to you. And, it, and when you're, when I was a kid, I couldn't fight back. I couldn't run away. I couldn't ask for help. So I repressed that. And that repression turned into a drug addiction. And then ultimately it led into sexual addiction, which is a connection disorder. It's an intimacy disorder because I never knew what a model of love was. I, I didn't know what sex was. I just thought it was something that people did to get off. I didn't see it as a mutual expression of love and oneness uh, or connection. It was just dirty and shameful because of what was uh, done to me. And as I say this, I very much do my best to never live in woundology. You know, you can, I'm not one of these guys. It's like, oh, poor me, all this happened to me and stuff. It, It was awful what happened. And there were some very bad things and there was, and it really messed up a lot of my life. However, that's has happened to so many people. And I've heard, I hear stories daily because I have an addiction recovery foundation called Genius Recovery, which is an educational platform. I mean, I hear stuff on a daily basis. I can't even fathom what some humans have gone through. And, and the ones that have, you know, just the repeated abuse and the abandonment and the humiliation that humans go through. And then I'll see the ones of how they overcame it. And my God, it's like, it's so inspirational when you can see someone that has gone through such adversity and it'll wreck their life. Uh, Oftentimes it'll put them into spirals for a period of time. But the ones that, you know, the Phoenix that rise from the ashes, I mean, that's what is the motivation that, that keeps me uh, going when I oftentimes don't feel like going. And, and it took years of, of 12 step groups and therapy and working through it. And, you know, until I finally even started to love myself, because I never heard I love you uh, growing up as a kid until I was maybe 18 years old. And my father, uh, you know, I was so pissed at him for periods of time. I mean, he just some of the stuff he would often do. And, you know, he died in 2002 from lung cancer, uh, predominantly from smoking and stuff. And I look back and it's like the poor guy just had a hard life. I mean, he just had a really hard life. And, you know, even though, you know, I he had good work ethics. Uh, even though I was disappointed in, in, in things with him, I look back and going, you know, if, if the atmospheric conditions of his life, which is a term I got from one of my genius network members named Dr. Don, Don Wood, if you understood the atmospheric conditions of somebody's life, it would make sense why it is that they do what it is they do. Doesn't excuse violence. It doesn't excuse people doing awful stuff. It just gives a perspective of how things happen. And so at this stage in my life, I believe uh, you can change the atmospheric conditions of your life and you can help influence people through books, through learning, through love, through compassion, through focusing on being a pain detective and reducing suffering, you know, asking what's in it for them. You can really help people. And so I did that with business. I did that with marketing. Uh, I was an entrepreneur. Uh, And what I mean, I was an entrepreneur. I don't know if entrepreneurs, I've had Certain conversations was like my buddy Gino Wickman, who wrote the book Traction, and different people about is an entrepreneur made or are they born? And we live in a world right now where it really fetishizes entrepreneurship. People like be an entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur, and I don't think everyone's built to be an entrepreneur. I mean, uh, you know, some people uh, they lead from behind. They don't want to run their own companies. They don't want to start their own ventures. And it's not about what's right or wrong. It's just about taking your capabilities and putting them into action. So uh, the original definition of the word entrepreneur, the first recorded use of it was in 1804 by a French guy named Jean-Baptiste Say. And he said an entrepreneur is an individual that takes resources from a lower yield to a higher yield, uh, from a lower level of productivity to a higher level of productivity. 
And so I started out as a dead broke carpet cleaner and I didn't think of entrepreneur. I was just trying to pay my bills. I was just trying to survive. And I learned marketing because I needed to eat. I needed to survive. I never thought I'd write books. Run. I transformed the entire carpet cleaning industry in the, in the 1990s. I built the largest training organization in the world for carpet and upholstery cleaners after living on credit cards, going deeply in debt, cleaning carpets myself 10, 12, 14, 16 hour days and paying money to go broke. I'd be in these, you know, urine infested apartments where cats were peeing all over the place. And I'm allergic to cats and I live in Arizona. And I, I remember in the middle of summer, I would like run an extension cord down to lower three level apartment complexes because there was no uh, there was no electricity in some of the units. And it was like doing hard manual lab labor in a sauna, cleaning carpets with steam, heating it up and making it more humid and wheezing because I'm allergic to cats. It was the most miserable sort of thing. And I would say to people, you know, after I learned how to actually make the business work, and I did that crap for a couple of years, I, I was like, you know, there's so many ways to go broke that are more intelligent than doing hard manual labor, <laughs> cleaning carpets, sit in front of a TV and eat potato chips and just, you know, that's a better way to go broke than doing that. But, but you know what, Kara, I was an entrepreneur. It's like, damn it. I didn't want to work for anyone. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, so I was willing to do these insane things that to the outside world would make no sense. But it's like, I just wanted to figure out how to, I, I hated being controlled by other people. And, and I was controlled my whole life. I was humiliated. I was abused. I'm like, fuck this. I don't, you know, I'm not going to live like this. And that's what caused me to just work really hard, even when it wasn't working. It wasn't working at all, but I just kept at it. And, 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 and it wasn't because of inspiration. It was because of pain. I was in pain and I needed to get out of it. I'm from Arizona as well, so I know some of the lakes around Arizona that you were up at Saguaro Lake. I was there many, many times, probably yeah. around the same time. We probably passed each other on the Salt River or tubing or uh, somewhere on the, totally. on the if, boat. That's exactly what we, yeah, we would go on these tubes is the funniest thing. I have a great story if you want me to tell Well, that. that's okay. what I was going to say, that some friends really change your mindset and were really kind of laying into you a little bit about, you know, you were having a pity party at, about your cleaning business. And I, I'd love for you to share that story. No, no I'm, gl I'm glad you brought it. I was, I was actually, I wasn't even thinking of that one, but it's it, it's it's a really good story. And it, this guy was uh, one of the first mentors and one of the biggest influences, and I can't even remember this guy's name. I, I really wish I could. If I could have ever gone back and thanked him, I would have. Uh, but a friend uh, named Pat called me up one day, and I was like in the middle of my trying to make my carpet cleaning business work. And I had no idea how to really run it, but I had bought uh, with money I had saved literally delivering papers. One of my jobs in, in, I went to New Mexico and I went to New Mexico State for a couple of years, never got a degree in anything, uh, but I really went there just to get sober from being a drug addict. Because when I was 18 years old in my worst state, I weighed 105 pounds from freebasing cocaine for three months straight. And I was a total wreck. You know, you take a male who's 5'10 and weighs 105 pounds. My average weight was around 120. Uh, but there was one week where I just had not eaten hardly anything. And I, and I went to, you know, I was, uh, went to 105 pounds was my lowest weight. And I was just a total wreck. And so I went to New Mexico and, um, you know, got, uh, got sober. But I didn't get a degree. And then I, you know, I'd saved up some money. 
uh, and ended up coming back to Arizona a couple years later and buying uh, a friend talked me into starting a carpet cleaning business. So I spent, you know, the $1,500 I had saved up and got uh, a steam cleaning portable machine and business cards that said professional carpet cleaner. And voila, I was a professional business owner. <laughs> and my friend that I started the business with, uh, after two months of him getting drunk every night and not doing pretty much anything, I took his name off the business account, went out on my own. And I was like, how am I going to figure this out? And I was bumbling my way through doing door-to-door sales, cleaning carpets at these apartment complexes, like I'd mentioned, and they would pay me every 60, 90, 120 days. And it was just terrible work, but it was consistent is the only way that I was like even eating. So my friend calls me up. He's like, you want to go jet skiing? And uh, I was like, no, I'm busy. I got a lot of work to do. Because when you have no discretionary income and you're broke and you're living on credit cards, it's not like you have a lot of like you know, available time and money to go do anything. And I'm just trying to, you know, stay alive. And so, um, yeah, I, I said, well, you know, I'm busy. I got to do work, uh, this weekend, but, uh, thank you. He's like, well, you know, the guy that owns the jet skis is a multi-million dollar real estate investor. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, but, you know, that's interesting. Maybe I could meet this rich guy and he could tell me what business I could go. Maybe he has carpets, right? I mean, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so, and and I was really, my attitude at that time, Kara was uh, like, I, I got to get the hell out of this business, but I don't really have any other options. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. And so, you know, it was an accidental industry. I didn't, you know, uh, I have no college degree. Uh, I mean, I, I, I did end up going to Chandler Gilbert Community College and I got a C minus in principles of marketing and I failed owning and operating a small business. I even report, I, I, I put a printout of my report card in one of my books, which is the Average Joe's Marketing Book, which is actually not yet released. I, I've shared it with Genius Network members, but I, I have no college degree. So uh, I, I go on this jet skiing trip. I drive my piece of crap pickup truck there And my buddy Pat is there. And then this rich guy has two jet skis and he has one of his friends with him. And we're, you know, we backed up our trucks to Segura Lake and we have these jet skis. And this is in Arizona, like you mentioned. And uh, finally, I had a chance to just me and this guy sit down on the back of a tailgate of a pickup truck while Pat and his other friend were out on the two jet skis. And I said, well, I hear you do really well in, in business. And I have this small carpet cleaning business and I'm looking to try to go into some other industry um, where I can, you know, make better money. Uh, and I was wondering if you have any recommendations of another business that you would recommend uh, that someone go into when they're just starting out. And he said to me, he goes, well, um, is there anyone else in the business that you're in that's doing well? And I said, well, you know, there's a couple of companies because I told him about a carpet cleaning business. And he, he, I said, well, there's a couple of companies in Phoenix that make over a million dollars a year. And at the time, to me, that was like a lot of money. And he said, well, uh, young man, if there's other people in your business doing well and you're not, there's nothing wrong with the business you're in. There's something wrong with you. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's not the motivational speech I'm no. going to hear here. <laughs> and I said, well, uh, I go, well, I'm certified. I've gotten trained. Uh, you know, I volunteered to become the Arizona director of the Carpet and Fabricer Institute, which was true. I was actually helping to bring education to uh, Arizona, just trying to learn how to make this business work. And uh, he he said, well, uh, and, and I go, a lot of these companies, they do bait and switch advertising. I really care about my clients. I do really good work. I'm certified, so I do a good job, but it's, it's not a good industry to be in. It's really competitive. 
And he said, well, if there's other people that are doing well in the business and you're not, there's, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's not the business, it's, it's you. And so if you're going to go into another industry, another business, you're going to spend another six months, another year, another two years learning the technical skills of another industry so you can go out and repeat the same bad business habits that have caused you to be a failure in this one. And like, it just, it just burned into my head what he was saying because I was like, you know, it was so, so not what I'd ever heard anyone say. Most people would be encouraging me and this and that. And he's like going, nope, you just, you're just not, you just don't know what the hell you're doing. And so, you know, I, I argued with him a little bit, but I, I, I real, you know, but then I realized, you know, he's right. I mean, other people know how to do something. I don't know how to do it. So he said, if you want to go into another business, you need to learn fundamental business skills. And so, because if you try to go into another business, you're going to just, Make the failing. same mistake. So learn how to make a business work. So I left that trip sunburned as hell, but I had this vision in my mind saying, I've got a lot of anxiety. I have a lot of difficulties mentally, but I'm, I'm a hard worker. I care about people. I'm driven. I live in America. I've got the use of all my limbs. Um, there are people that are making more money than me that don't seem to work anywhere near as hard as I do and don't seem to care as much as I do. So I also realize there's no relationship between being good at what you do and getting paid. It's unfortunate, but there's a huge relationship between being good, being a good marketer and getting paid. Uh, and if you are really good, you really will be well served to learn communication and marketing and connection and how to develop relationships with people. Because if you are really good, it will help get that goodness that giving that value that you put out into the world into the marketplace and then you can make money with it and so i made a decision uh, that i'm going to stay in this carpet cleaning business until i figure out how to make it work and not give myself a cop out by running away thinking that the grass is going to be greener on the other side because the you know uh, the grass may be greener on the other side but there's also a lot of bullshit on the other side too so it's like, how do you play it where it lies? You know, how do you really find the acres of diamonds, which is a book I read early on, where, you know, you find the diamonds that are already sitting where you're at. So um, I started on a path of saying someone knows how to make this make business work. And how do you do that? And one of the first books that I had read was The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, which was funny because this is probably about 1992. And it was a book about systemizing your business and automating it. And he talked about the technician, the entrepreneur, and the um, um, manager, those three personalities. And what's funny is that book provided no advice on how to market a company, which is what I needed. But it gave me a framework of how to, it was like, I started thinking, well, if there's any area of business you want to automate and systemize, it's one area of responsible for bringing in money, which is sales and marketing department. And then another friend gave me a newsletter written by this crazy but brilliant copywriter named Gary Halbert, who said in this newsletter, can and clone yourself. You want, because if you're selling face to face, you're limited by the clock. But with the right ad, the right sales letter, you can talk to 10 people, 50 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, a million people. So I thought, how do I replicate? How do I can and clone myself? So I started to learn about copywriting. I started to learn about words. I started to learn about marketing. And if someone listening to this is not a brilliant copywriter, and most people aren't, I'm certainly not, 
uh, and you're selling something even remotely more exciting than carpet cleaning, you can probably take what I learned and apply it in any business because people are like, well, you're in carpet cleaning. I do something like, you know, I'm a consultant or I'm a web developer or I'm a chiropractor or I'm a real estate person, you know, they, whatever industry they're in. And I'm like, well, you know, if you have to figure out how to successfully sell something nobody wants to buy, which is carpet cleaning, it actually teaches you quite a bit about how to be totally. uh, compelling and how to be persuasive. And so I was like, how do I make my marketing valuable? So I created a consumer guide for carpet cleaning. And this was before the Internet. This was in 1992. Uh, my very first website I had in 1996. But even then, people weren't doing much web commerce. There was no social media. There was no Facebook. And people today, it's like, it's so hard to get a message out. It's like, we had to spend money on stamps. We had to lay out ads. We, we had to use whiteout. Sometimes to edit something, sure. you know, it's, I mean, it's like people have no idea uh, the difficulty of getting messaging out. So I, I started teaching people how to uh, to educate. I educated prospects on how to make a buying decision with my very first consumer's guide to carpet. But you what you're talking about really is you know, the difference between marketing versus selling. So I'd love, mm -hmm. you know, to have you just quickly touch on that. Yeah. So, so a great question. So selling is what you do when you're on the phone or face to face with somebody. Marketing is what you do to get someone on the phone or face to face with you or to your website or to your social media site. You know, if you're a brick and mortar business or you're fully online, whatever, it's to have people show up engaging with you as much or your team or your technology as much as humanly possible where they're pre-interested, pre-motivated, pre-qualified and predisposed to do business with you. And so one of the ways to do that is to offer them something of value for free or to educate them. Because the number one question in all consumers' minds is, uh, you know, who can I trust? And so when you're thinking of what's in it for them, you have to, you know, I mean, part of my book is to, to get people to quit thinking about what you want. You know, don't just think about your brand. If you think your brand is valuable go to the bank and say, I have a really valuable brand. I have a lot of followers on Instagram or this or that or that. How much money you would give me? I mean, they'll laugh at you. You know, so building a brand also has to come with creating something that people actually want. And so I, the type of marketing that I utilized and learned was direct response marketing, which is using compelling copy, putting out specific offers, guaranteeing your work. I, the way that I did it, I ultimately started thinking of it as elf marketing, where do you want an elf business, which is easy, lucrative, and fun, or do you want a half business, which is hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating? So I wanted, because you can have a hard, annoying, lucrative, and frustrating business, but I wanted things that are elf. So marketing makes selling easy and ideally unnecessary, because if you don't have any effective marketing to deliver to you people that are, again, pre-interested, pre-motivated, pre-qualified, and predisposed to do business with you, then you have to rely on a lot of manual marketing. And so for carpet cleaning, I hired a copywriter uh, and I had just an idea. I was studying all of these books and courses on how to sell using direct mail, but I wasn't selling anything through direct mail. I was selling carpet cleaning, but it taught me about how do I actually weave together offers? How do I say things in a certain way to compel people. And so one of my very first uh, things that, uh, that changed the whole trajectory of my business and has been used to generate several billion dollars 
in revenue for my clients over the years. And I'm talking several billion, not million. I mean, we can track this too. This is not made up stuff. I, everything I'm talking about is not an idea. I mean, it's been proven with hundreds of thousands of people and it works. I mean, we've transformed so many businesses, including my own. The beauty was, is I'm a convert of my own system though. I never sold anything to anybody until I actually had done it myself. I mean, I created the recipes for me. I never thought I'd sell recipes or recipe books or teach courses and stuff. So I was, you know, going back to 1992, hire a copywriter, 1800 bucks, sit down with this guy, uh, in person, few phone calls. No, there's no social media. There's none of that. And, um, basically, uh, teach him about how to choose a carpet cleaner so he can help me put together my first formulaic consumer awareness guide. And I'll say this in a way so that everyone out there think of what you're selling and how you can apply the same things, even though I'm talking about it, uh, in, in, in the context of selling carpet cleaning, it is an educational guide uh, to help people make a buying decision. So it said, read this guide and discover, uh, and I have all this through memory. I'm not looking at anything. I've just done this crap for so, so long. It just embedded into my brain, yeah. uh, seven questions to ask a carpet cleaner before you invite them into your home. Eight mistakes to uh, avoid when choosing a carpet cleaner. Six costly misconceptions about carpet cleaning. Uh, crawling critters and crud, a guide to the slime, grime, and livestock that's seeping, creeping, and galloping <laughs> through your carpet. Uh, how to avoid four carpet cleaning ripoffs. The difference between value and price. How to get your carpet cleaner to 100% guarantee your work. And that was on the front page, Consumer's Guide to Carpet Cleaning. Now, most carpet cleaners were like, you know, $5.95 a room, whole house $29. And they would use low price and they would get into a home and then they would do bait and switch advertising or they would just advertise really low price. And, and I learned that the worst offer you can make is no offer at all. The second worst offer you can make is a price offer because there's always going to be someone that is going to be cheaper or at least is going to try to present themselves as less. And so I started advertising, you know, uh, you know, are you fed up with your dirty carpet? Call and request this consumer awareness guide. Or free guide reveals how to get your carpet cleaned properly, you know, things like that. And people would call me up and they would request a consumer awareness guide. And I would physically mail it to them, printed with stamps and mail it to them. And then I would include a, a certificate for a free room of carpet cleaning up to 200 square feet. And I would do a carpet audit because everyone else was giving away a free estimate and a quote. And I didn't want to be a free advisor. I wanted to do something different. So I offered a carpet audit where we would come in and we would evaluate the condition of the carpet and then we would give them a prescription on how to best take care. It's completely different than whatever. So I changed how I packaged and presented my services, which is what marketing is. It's how you package and present your services. And I did that. And all of a sudden people were calling and not saying how much do you charge? They were calling to request the consumer awareness guide. And when they got the guide, some of them would call me up and say, you're very professional. I'd like you to come over and uh, let's try the free room of carpet cleaning. And while I was doing, doing it, I would give them a carpet audit and, and then with a estimate of what it would cost to do more of their carpet. And it always came with a hundred percent money back guarantee. If they were unhappy for whatever reason, for any additional services they chose to purchase, it came with a guarantee. So I took all of the risk out of doing business with me and it started working. There was a problem though. Some people would call me up and they're like, well, I would love to get your consumer awareness guide, but I want to get my carpets clean tomorrow or quickly. So I turned it into a, I went back to the copywriter. I helped him put the consumer awareness guide into a free recorded message. And then I started running ads that said free recorded message reveals 
you know, seven questions ask, a, you know, call this free recorded message and discover seven questions to ask a carpet cleaner before you invite them into your home, how to avoid four carpet cleaning ripoffs. And then they would call, it said, call anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they would call and they would hear a robot, me, basically with a 10 minute recording, teaching them everything they need to know on how to choose a carpet cleaner. So I made my advertising valuable. I thought, What's in it for them, even before I thought of it as what's in it for them? So it's like, I want to get my carpet clean. They didn't know there were seven questions to ask a carpet cleaner, eight costly misconceptions, six mistakes to avoid. You know, uh, I switched that around once in a while. It, it was eight mistakes to avoid and six costly misconceptions. That's how I had it written. And uh, even with my memory, I sometimes switch those ones around. And basically, uh, I taught them how to make a buying decision because uh, they would open the guide or they listen to the, to the recording and it said, dear homeowner, choosing a carpet cleaner isn't easy. Why? Because you're bombarded with confusing claims, simply bad information, near worthless methods. How do you ever find a qualified, competent carpet cleaner? You start by reading this guide or you listen to this message. And with this information, you can make an informed, intelligent decision. And that's all people want to do. They don't want to make uninformed, idiotic decisions. They don't want to be ripped off. They don't want to feel like they don't know. They, they want to make informed. So I educated them on how to make a buying decision. I, 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 I gave them the reasons why, and I made it available for free. And, and if you can make your advertising and your selling and your marketing valuable, they will have trust and rapport with you because trust is rapport with comfort. And that's what you want. You want to establish, you know, you want to establish trust and rapport with people so they feel comfortable with you, guarantee it. And I transformed my carpet cleaning business and then I packaged it up and started teaching it to other carpet cleaners. And by 1997, I was on the cover of the largest trade magazine in the United States at the time called Clean Facts. I was on the cover of the Australian uh, trade magazines, the, uh, the, the the UK trade magazines. I was the most popular person in the world. Uh, never got me dates or anything because I didn't have like groupies like a rock star. But I transformed the entire carpet cleaning industry. Even Michael Gerber hired me for consulting and at the time said it was the best day of consulting he'd ever spent with a marketing uh, person. So it, it's so funny how things come full circle when you apply yourselves. And I think you not only showed what's in it for them to other businesses, but also to consumers. So you were actually really knocking off two big things that I think any business, any business person who's listening to this might start thinking about. And of course, the book, What's in It for Them. That's how you've always thought about things. And I think it's it's incredible. I feel like, you know, you shared a lot about your life as well and how authentic you are and people got to know you more through your stories and obviously through some of the different stories that you've heard through addiction to they really are the same principles where you're giving um, so much and people are going to return that and sort of share a lot of their stories. But I think a lot of people lose sort of how do I actually turn that into something that I use in business. And I think that that's something that you have. And obviously, you've written many books um, that cover this, but I think that this is one of the best ones uh, that you've written. So in the book, you share nine principles for getting what you want by helping others. Can you share? uh, I don't know if you'll remember all nine right off the bat, but can you share a couple of them? Well, I do happen to have a galley of the book here, so I have. The, I can always go to the table of contents here, and I could I, I could use myself to. You know, it's funny though. You write a book and you spend so much time with it, and 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 the beauty of documenting it is you can't always remember every aspect of a of a book, especially something that took me 
you know, two years to put together, uh, put a lot of effort into this book. But I, yeah, the, the, and let, let me say this too. I actually give away a book and I would recommend everyone do this strategy because it works really well. I have one book uh, called Life Gives to the Giver and people can download that book for free at joesfreebook.com. And it's very similar to what I did with carpet cleaning. I would give away a consumer awareness guide or I have a pe people call a free recorded message. And a lot of people will give away a free book in the marketing world. Then they hammer people with these upsell funnels uh, and they give away a really crappy book just to, to, to get people to opt in and to lead generate. I actually give away a really good book that's, that's very short, one, two, three page chapters and thought bubbles of different things related to business, life, health, uh, in, in, in addiction recovery. And I give that away for free so that people can just, you know, have, uh, have, have an understanding of what it is I do. And then we send out three emails a week and each email is just, a, you know, a short insight, sometimes a strategy, sometimes a lesson, uh, give people perspective. And then we end each email with, you know, P.S. Here's three ways or four ways that we can help you. So it's not how we, I play the long game. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to hammer people. It's like, if they like me, they'll look into the stuff that I sell. They'll look into the stuff I do, but I want to bond with people. And so that's what I recommend that anyone listening to this, if you have something, package it up so that you can offer some of your best stuff that you can give away for free. And if people find that valuable, they will actually want to maybe buy something from you. Because most people care that benefit from what I do. They don't run a business that, you know, someone to come to Genius Network has to make at least a million bucks a year to join my group. Most people that benefit from my work never pay me anything. They, they just listen to podcasts, they, you know, free stuff. So I recommend just be useful, grateful, valuable, which is one of my chapters. So the first chapter is how are they suffering and how can I help? And what I go through in that chapter is to be a pain detective because I believe most problems in the world, uh, there's a solution for most of them. Some there isn't. Uh, oftentimes if someone's, you know, I've had, oh boy, this is hard to even describe this. I've had the fortune to sit with several people while they're dying. I've been the primary caretaker for two people when they were dying. And when you lose someone close to you, a family member, a friend, it is, uh, man, it, it really gives you a, a perspective on life. And we live in a culture that hides death. And you don't, many people, unless you're, you know, my, my, my girlfriend is a, uh, is a, is a surgeon. Uh, many people never even see a, a dead body unless they go to a funeral or something or happen to come up upon an accident or something. You, you know, it's, it's hidden. And there's many lessons uh, in in suffering. There's many lessons in pain and and how someone leaves the world. I hope I can do it with uh, with grace. Uh, it could be tragic. I have no idea. Uh, it's just when you when you sit in rooms, addiction recovery things, or you go to treatment, or you go to therapy, or you're sitting around human suffering and some stuff I can't even fathom. Wars and things that that people experience on a daily basis. Uh, if you can help identify the pain and help relieve it. Uh, not only can you deeply bond with somebody, but you actually can, uh, if you have solutions to pain, uh, it's, it's, so, it's so powerful. It's what the world needs. And so if you think of a business, most businesses are how they make money is they solve problems for a profit. And so 
I've learned to look for the pain, look for the suffering with the intention of reducing it or lessening it or eliminating it. In some situations, you know, if you have enough money to solve the problem, you don't have a problem. And if people have enough money, like if you're hungry, that's bad news. If you can go to a restaurant, that's good news. If you break your ankle, that's bad news. If you can go to a doctor and it could help you with that, that's good news. If you're bored, that's bad news. If you can buy one of your books, listen to a podcast, go to a movie, go dancing, you know, that's good news. And so how do you transform other people's bad news into good news? Well, for one, you have to be able to see that wherever there's anxiety, there's opportunity. That's one of the things my, my friend Richard Rossi says. And so if you train yourself to be a pain detective, then you can very quickly uh, not go into a situation or relationship of what do I want. You can go into, oh, how can I be helpful? Now, here's the caveat. Some people will use that to manipulate. Some people will, utilize that, will use that to gaslight. I'm a big believer. Don't use people. Utilize people. Truly connect with people be a connector, not a connector. There are people that con people into connection. And that is not how you want to utilize empathy. Uh, you want to do it in a very uh, caring way. So being a pain detective is one of the things in, in the chapter. And, um, you know, by doing that, uh, I have been able to, for one, really listen and hear and learn so much about others and about myself. And then, um, you know, one. I'll even read a little bit out of the book. It says, Domino, be a pain detective to connect with others. Focus first on the other person and their suffering. You and your possible solutions come second. Question for you. How has your discernment of people's emotions helped you create connections in the past? And so in life, we're either communicating where we're just talking we're connecting where we real, really feel a connection with another person. We're on the same wavelength. You're leaning in. You're interested in what they're saying. They're interested in what you're saying. Uh, and then there's trying to escape. And those are the things people go through. And I often will, like I spoke at our friend JJ's event, uh, mm -hmm. and I shared this with the audience. I said to everyone, how many of you, uh, and there was about 450 people in the audience. And I said, how many of you came to this conference by yourself? A whole bunch of people. I said, I used to go to conferences a lot by myself and often still do. People think I'm like this extrovert. I'm not really an extrovert. Cocktail parties freak me out. I, I get nervous. I It's uncomfortable. But I've learned you're either, you know, you're either frozen stiff or you're moving scared. Mm -hmm. So I put myself out there. I do things because I've learned, you know, anything that uh, scares you is probably worth doing intelligently. That doesn't mean running in front of traffic like an idiot. It means if you're afraid of public speaking, can you get up and speak? If you're afraid of asking someone out, can you do it? The whole Wayne Gretzky thing, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And so I look for the pain. I find a bond if I can truly bring, bring relief. And sometimes that relief is a solution. Other times it's laughter. Other times it's just being a companion. You know, in addiction recovery, you know, some, someone's wrecking their life. You know, oftentimes it's just sitting and talking to them. It's just being a companion and being a person to them. When someone's dying, you know, you may not have the solution. If, if their bodies are riddled with cancer, you know, what do you, you know, you, I'm not a surgeon. I, it's, and oftentimes it's, they're, they're dying. Uh, but the love and the care and the concern and the looking in, in the eyes and the, in, in the presence is often what is there. Those are deep personal situations. From a business thing, it ain't that hard to make money with this stuff. 
You just need to care a little bit more than most people. And most people don't give a shit. Most people in the service business don't even understand what service is. I mean, look at how terrible in America service has been since the pandemic. I mean, we have created a culture of entitlement. We've created a culture of wounded people. And so if you're the type of person that shows up and you got all these, you know, to use an Eckhart Tolle line, you got all these people in their pain bodies and you show up with that, that's a good thing. So that's one. Another is I talk about Tammy where you can, well, let, let me stop and make sure I'm, uh, because no, no, I'm, no. I think I think this is rolling along here. This is amazing, and I want people to pick up the book because I think more than anything, you know, you've got amazing lessons in here that you can touch on these. But there are, you know, incredible things that people need to sit with and reread them. So that's the sign of a great book, and that's really what I've um, I've figured out with you. And I think more than anything, Joe. I mean, like I said. I could sit here and talk to you not for two hours, but three hours because you have so much to contribute, but you have really identified kind of the, maybe the obvious stuff about how people make these connections and why connections are so important, but more than anything, why they're so important today. Um, that's yeah. And I think that your book is just a thousand percent relevant for um, what we're all experiencing today and really figuring out what's in it for them and also what are the pain points um, more than anything. So like I said, we're we're gonna um, we're gonna wrap this up now, but I want uh, I want to have you back as you're starting to get going on on getting this book out here too um, and sort of I, I'm curious like as you start to talk to people about this and the connections, um, you know, and the problems that you're helping them solve, that would be an amazing podcast too, to start to really um, see that. You've already, you know, obviously uh, seen this through a lot of interviews that you've done, but I bet there's a lot of people who maybe are listening to this podcast that haven't met you before or don't know you because you're known for being a marketer that I think could actually be really, really energized by everything that you're saying. And I just want to thank you more than anything for all your wisdom and also your vulnerability, because I think that people listening um, will have a little bit more in the show notes too, about all the work that you're doing around addiction and really supporting people. That's incredible too. But more than anything, I just wanted to really highlight that as well, because I think that that's super, super unique about you. So no, can I say this too, Karen? Uh, yeah, thank you. And, if, and since I did bring up addiction, if anyone is struggling with addiction, geniusrecovery.org is a site I have. It's, it's purely education. Nothing is sold there. And uh, we were talking before the show, we're funding a study at Stanford right now with Professor BJ Fogg on connection and addiction uh, in Stanford and learning about a deeper connection. The proceeds of what's in it for them go to uh, genius recovery. They go to addiction recovery. So uh, and uh, if anyone's struggling, I wrote a short letter. If you, someone just types in Genius Recovery Open Letter online, they can read it. And uh, you, with your book Undaunted and with your life experience and so much that I know you're going to be sharing in the world, it is more critical than ever that uh, people, uh, the most expensive information in the world is bad information. So I try to advise people, you can get you can be really directed in wrong ways by stuff that's free online. You can, you can be manipulated. You can be gaslit. And when you come across someone, I always try to tell people that if they're new to you as an example, 
you know, uh, I'm not trying to be famous. I mean, I pursue growth, not status. Uh, I could care less about it. I work with all kinds of famous people. I know a ton of billionaires. I mean, people can, you know, that that's what the number one thing. How do you meet this person? How do you meet that person? Meeting that person has nothing to do with reality. Some of the best heroes in the world are hospice nurses, single mothers, you know, people that are out there every day that the world doesn't even know who they are. And, you know, you are a true success story of a person who's fought numerous battles and still fights them. And literally, you know, amateurs wait for inspiration. Professionals do it with a headache. And so I, I often will tell people, go deep with someone's work. And if someone's new to you, absorb everything they can get from Kara. You've already developed the relationship with you. Yeah, you can read my book. If you want to get what's in it for them, please pre-order, buy it. It's the website is what's in it for them. That you can, that's the name of the website. You can buy it on any place. But the thing is, you know, uh, you're better off mastering one book than reading 50 books. Uh, you're, you're better off going deep with one person's podcast. In this particular case, I'm recommending everyone that's one of your listeners, go deep with everything you put out there because most people in the world right now go very shallow. They don't mm -hmm. go very deep. And I want people to go deeper with themselves, go deeper with relationships. That's where the gold is. That's where the real juice is. Don't just listen to something and 10 times speed here. It's not about consuming just a bunch of information. It's about mastering. You only need a few tools in your toolbox in order to do well. And that's what the world needs. The world, And I want to give those tools to, to givers, not to takers, and to protect the true givers of the world from takers. So I, I really appreciate you having me on no, your show I here. Love I would it. love to do a follow-up when the book is out in the wild. That would be terrific. Well, thanks again, Joe. And thanks everyone for listening. Have an awesome rest of the week. And like I said, everything will be in the show notes uh, to connect with Joe and uh, where best place to get the book and everything that Joe does. So thanks again, Joe Polish. You got it. Thank you. Thanks all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank all of our guests and our sponsors. And finally, our listeners, keep the great comments coming in. And one final plug, if you have not read or listened to my book, Undaunted, please do so. You will hear all about my journey, including founding, scaling, and building the company that I founded, Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.